the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain. Today we have an episode that delves into the top tech news of the week. First up on the New Zealand front, we delve into uh, what's happening in the world of travel, getting through airports. Uh, is becoming a little bit easier. What are some of the learnings there? We talk about a New Zealander who has been appointed to the board of OpenAI. And we delve into an acquisition that GoPro has made in the last few days. And what is happening in the fight between Apple and Samsung? And uh, it's great to have joining me on this episode, AJ Smith, the chief executive and founder of Trade Window. And also Mitchell Pham, who is, is someone very active within the New Zealand tech sector, uh, and is with us today wearing the hat of Chief Digital Officer at Trade Window. Of course, a special thank you to our show partners, 1NZ, 2 Degrees Spark HP, and Gorilla Technology. So without further ado, let's go. Great, great to have you both here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you much for hosting us today. Well, we're really looking forward to sort of you know talking through some of the um, some of the tech news. Uh, Mitchell, you've you've been you know very deeply involved in the tech sector in New Zealand. Absolutely. Hi, Paul. Good afternoon. Hi, everyone. So on the travel front, actually, I was I was in Australia uh, last week, and I was reading how we've now sort of flipped the switch on um, on some of the uh, airport security uh, technology. Uh, now, which uh, covers uh, covers um, Auckland, I think from uh, from from this Monday, uh, Christchurch and Wellington were, were already uh, there, and this is the the technology that means sort of laptops and, and liquids don't need to get you know taken out of uh, out of carry on uh, bags for for international uh, travellers. Um, so yeah, that's um, using the. Um, um, computerized tomography uh, scanning machines. So um, you know, one of these little little steps that uh, that moves things uh, forward a bit. Um, but the, the other piece of the, the the puzzle from a travel perspective, which I experienced, and uh, Mitchell, you've you've had this as well, is that you can still fill out your you know your paper travel declarations when you fly into New Zealand, but there's a, there's an alternative now, which is the digital variant. Uh, which can be through website or or through the app, and I think look they've had probably some learnings as they've rolled that out uh, over the last sort of you know seven, eight months or or so. But it seems like that process is now working reasonably smoothly, and you know some people probably had some experiences with it not working very well, but that seemed to work quite smoothly. Uh, you know did did that on on the weekend before landing effectively. And then coming into Auckland International Airport, you know, usually you go through uh, passport control, yes. uh, which you know in this case, what was it? it was I don't know, one a.m. ish. You know, was basically instant. There were you know there was no queue. You scan your passport. You don't have to see a human there. So it's all technology and automation, and and that that bit was fine. Uh, my last flight in, there was actually quite a queue around the. Kind of automated machine, so I ducked off because you know there was next to no queue uh, <laughs> going through and actually seeing seeing a human. Um, but the, yeah, that that was just very very fast and and seamless. And then you know at Auckland International, you know you do that and then you go down the escalator or the stairs and and then 
it had been turned left. Last time I went through it was a turn right. What you and I experienced was it was a left turn if you've got nothing to declare, a right turn if you had something to declare. That's right. Uh, and then you go to the the agents and I guess if you had the, the paper card, you'd give them that and they'd look through it and tick it or whatever they do and ask you some questions. But because I'd done the online declaration, you went to a particular counter, basically nothing. It was just, oh, you've done it online. Yep. That's right. That's fine. Uh, just go through. And, and then they just did a little mark on the passport. And for you know, for anyone who's been a tired and weary traveller coming into the country, which is, is probably a, a pretty high percentage of us after travelling, uh, you know, if you've got luggage to pick up or or not, it's it's quite often a slow a slow process as you sort of you know go through those those queues and then you know in the past and and hand over your card. Um, but in this case, because I'd had nothing to declare. They just put a, a sticker and a mark on the back of the passport, and I was going through the express lane, uh, if that's what they called it, and that was exactly the lane that the uh, airline staff and so on are going through. And you usually look at them enviously and like, oh, I can't believe it. You know, I'm standing in a queue here. I'm tired. I'm ready to get out of the airport. And the uh, you know the staff rightly so are, are scooting straight through, and that was exactly the queue. So it was it was through in, in moments. So. Yeah, great use of technology, isn't it? We've we've really seen an improvement, and also in the um, the scanning of of luggage, even just sort of the robots that are there that you put your you know your bags onto, compared to the old sort of conveyor belts and and scanning. All of that technology has really come forward a, a, a long way in recent years, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a it's, it's digital transformation of an entire industry, right? Mm. That's whole travel industry, right? How Air New Zealand wants to. You know, they're still aspiring to be like the most advanced, digitally advanced airlines in the world, you know, and it's all shaped around, you know, passenger experience, right? And then you, you're looking at those experiences about travel experience, right? You start on the plane and you just walk straight through, which is really cool. And, and for me, um, having been involved with, with um, Trade Window, kind of when I had that experience a couple of times, it kind of makes me realize that actually this is, this is how the flow of people around the world should be, you know? This is, you know, there's a flow mm. of people around the world. Mm. You know, Trade Window deals with the flow of goods around the world, you know? And then the banks and the fintech companies deal with the flow of money around the world. And to my mind, it's actually only those three flows, really. Imagine if we get, get those flows right, uh, you know, where we can actually trust every transaction, we can actually, everything arrives on time or, or real time or yep. quickly, right? Yep. Seamless experience, right? I think that's pretty much what many of tech companies, you know, try to achieve, you know, is to really either to give or to contribute to that kind of experience, uh, which is pretty cool. I, I tr also travel quite a bit. And um, I think the the part that I most dislike is filling in those little documents when you yeah. at the end of your journey. Yeah. And then the, the, the bigger part is asking somebody close to you for a pin. If, you, <laughs> <Yes>. if you're <laughs> looking for a pen, if you can't find somebody with a pen, um, then you need to go and stand queue and trying to fill it in And when you're most tired. Um, what I do not understand is the airlines all have a lot of technology and capability. And for the amount of hours that you fly, you look into this little screen um, that is connected. It's got Wi-Fi. Why not just inject the application there and you can fill it in and there's no need for any paper, run the app there and all airlines can then just submit those to the to government directly. Why need this? And that's 
surely possible today to avoid it. Yes. And then secondly, like what the UAE is doing now is removing the need for passports entirely. It's passport free. There's face recognition Amazing. all over. Just walk through. They're piloting it now when we sh- surely it's possible to do it straight away. There, there's, there probably is a chunk more that we can do, and that's a, that's a good example. And, you know, sitting down at, at, at my seat, you know, it asks you for a little bit of verification, and then you're logged into your, you know, in the case of Air New Zealand, your your airport's account, and you can go and order alcohol or whatever yeah. it is that, uh, that that you want, and it's be, it's billing it back and just taking it off your, you know, off an airport's uh, balance. So, yeah, my son was quite pleased to see. Oh, I can order some, you know, I can order yeah. some chips on this flight, and I've got some, I've got some airpoints. Yeah. So, um, so those connections are there, and when you've got that, you know, half the data yeah. is already there as well, isn't it? So, Absolutely. there's and not a need to ask. Yeah. Oh, which flight are you on? It's exactly. Like, I don't and need what, to tell you that. I'm sitting here on the seat. Are you on? <laughs> and lastly, there's a cross ref, uh, reference of data of information that can be more trusted because the airline mm. is holding a certain amount of mm, data mm. Um, and they are trusted party and they are already doing customs clearance and submissions and everything on behalf of government. So it's a trusted party distributing or, you know, engaging with government and delivering information to government. So it actually would enhance the system, mm. makes it much more user-friendly experience yeah. while you, you know, trying to kill 12 hours. Mm. You might as well mm. fill in a little form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that's a really important word, AJ. I, I think for me... Yeah, for, for all of the time I've been involved with technology innovation, uh, the two key words that keep on coming up, right, is, is trust, mm. right? Can you enable or build in or add more trust to this whole process of whatever, you know, so that it can become more seamless and people will just trust it? Yeah. And then the other one is frictionless, mm. yeah. right? Have you ever, Paul, you've been to the U.S. Have you ever been to one of those Amazon Go stores? I haven't actually been into the Amazon um Go stores. I've only I've only seen the the videos of it, but it's fun. Yeah, it looks fun. it looks pretty slick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did a LinkedIn post uh, yeah. a year ago on that. You just walk in, took whatever you needed, and walked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's pretty amazing, right? So I think those two words are quite key to a lot mm. of mm. Uh, what drives innovation in technology. Yeah, it's there. There's there are some challenges, and on you know on that trust side of you know what's the right way to do it. Do you just walk into a store, or do you you know scan something and do something with your smartphone? Same sort of thing for crossing borders. You know how comfortable are we with you know how much yes. um, you know <coughs> um, facial and and, mm-hmm. and and so on sort of information that different entities have. And of course, yeah, we we do regularly see governments kind of. You know, uh, making mistakes on 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 these fronts. So yes. um, there's always that sort of balancing act mm. of how do you get things right and who you know who do you trust and uh, and you of know, course what's what's, what's the, the other what's word the right approach that's that's become a, a key word now is privacy, right? Yeah, you yeah. Can, you balance all of that trust and convenience and frictionless and all that, but then the trade-off is privacy and yeah. also identity. Yeah. Because if you throw that in the mix, it's the it's the person, um, the digital person that interact with the digital product, um, and that um, in engagement there, that interaction, yes. of product recognition linked to this person, finishing the commercial transaction, yes. and recognizing the product and linking that product to you as you walk out of the door. So yeah. all of this, you know, digital identity and digital products and digital, you know, transformation happening. 
Yeah, there's probably a whole deep discussion on the on the identity <laughs> side as as well. We could delve into a um, few other news items. Just wanted to cover off uh, Deanna Templeton, who joined Microsoft in New Zealand. Was it late uh, late nineties? Has been based in the US for I'm not sure, probably over over twenty years now. But it was uh, it was announced in the last few days that she is on uh, sort of sitting on the Open AI. Uh, board now the bits and pieces I read on it sounded it's I'm not sure that she's in a sort of a voting position but she is representing Microsoft uh, you know on that on that board now so uh, that's a that's a pretty high profile position and it's yeah. always uh, you know exciting to see uh, you know Kiwis have an influence on on you know these major areas and certainly uh, you know Open AI is, is in a pretty uh, uh, important role as as far as future of of technology and AI goes. So I thought that was interesting to note. Um, on the global news, uh, Galaxy S twenty four has come out. We're kind of used to these new announcements from <laughs> you know particularly from from Apple and Samsung with their phones each year. Uh, as we're sort of expecting, there's there's some you know interesting AI capabilities being um, built you know in, being right? built in that sort of becoming mm. now becomes the sort of standard part of you know hardware has some uh, some capability from an AI uh, perspective. Uh, but the other bit that jumped out is that uh, they're talking about seven years of updates for uh, now for buying the the top Samsung phones, and so we've really seen that flip where it used to be you would buy an Apple phone. And your Apple phone, you know, part of the premium you were paying was, well, that's okay because I get, you know, I'll get an extra few years worth of updates. My device is going to be secure for a lot longer uh, buying an Apple device versus a Samsung. But with that seven-year commitment, and Apple I don't think make a specific commitment, um, but we've seen recently, you know, some devices maybe a five-year lifespan or if you know if you're buying an older device obviously that sort of shortens it up uh, on the Apple front so yeah I thought that that's quite a an interesting thing from a competitive aspect but the news that goes with that is Apple have just overtaken Samsung uh, in terms of the number of uh, devices that they're that they're actually shipping so uh, mm. Apple shipped uh, I think through 2023 234 uh, million handsets and uh, 226 million for for Samsung, and obviously you, you know you look at the mm. the range of devices that Samsung are offering at lower price points and so on. Uh, you know you can see why uh, Apple is, is so incredibly profitable as a as a business. In fact, when I looked today, I think their market cap was a, a three trillion yes. uh, US dollars uh, again, and they seem to be you know backwards and forwards with Microsoft, for who's the Who's the biggest, uh, you know, can contender there on on market um, market caps? Yeah, so some interest, interesting uh, news on that front. And the last bit of news, I saw GoPro, who you know, I really enjoy using their devices. I like the way they've got their uh, um, they've integrated a, a cloud sort of subscription for all your you know your video and, and your files. But you know they've been battling it out with DJI, who you know who are really. Uh, you know, a very formidable competitor. And I saw while I was in Australia last week uh, news that they had actually just acquired an Australian um, company, Foresight Helmets, who do some pretty innovative things with basically smart uh, smart helmets, for uh, particularly for, for motorbike uh, riders, but I'm sure there'll be a range of other mm. probably uses when mm-hmm. it comes to 
you know, skiing and, and any other kind of use of of helmets and so on in the future with that uh, that buyout by GoPro. But the idea of the helmet that's got the microphones and, um, you know, the earpiece and so on sort of built into the helmet and it's got a, you know, a camera that uh, that does a very, very good job without some big thing sort of, you know, sticking out and attached to the to the helmet, which is quite a common thing today, isn't yeah. it? When you're, when you're, you know, out on a bike or you're seeing someone out on a bike, it's, uh, you know, it's reason, reasonably common uh, to see the the GoPro or the the camera attached. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see when insurance companies start making it compulsory to wear those devices yeah. to manage their risk, because there's all sorts of benefit that you can establish and derive from having um, real time or at least some video on accidents on yep. you yes. know all all sorts of benefits for, with that. Yeah, I saw somebody shared a video. It was a, this was actually it was a friend of mine recently acquired a uh, one of the new um, Highland Tesla Model Three uh, vehicles, and uh, I think it was parked outside uh, outside his home. There was some damage on it when he went to his vehicle, and he had a look, and um, they'd had a grocery delivery from pretty sure it was Woolworths, and so the Woolworths vehicle came in, it reversed up hit the front of his vehicle, the driver jumped out, had a look, uh, then jumped back in and drove away without saying anything, <laughs> which was which was a bit of a shocker. But yeah. you know, b- because you know Tesla have have you know offered that software uh, update and just made it a standard thing within their vehicles that the cameras you know yeah. get that double double use. Uh, you know, he had very clear footage. You could you know you could see exactly. Yeah. Uh, what happened? The license plate of the vehicle, and you know, yeah. in this case, it was all branded up and and so on. So it would have been very you know very easy to uh, attend to, but you know an embarrassing you know situation for mm. for the driver. And these are the sorts of things that will flip people's habits from just yeah. driving off to you know you don't want to be doing doing that uh, you know yeah. anymore if that was yeah. that's the way you were inclined you to operate in the past <laughs> when no. you know there's going to be footage. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's sometimes some some encouragement of, of good habits, and and I you know I think it's probably the same for for motorbike and, and bicycle riders. You know, if you see someone wearing uh, wearing a you know a camera, um, you know it's probably going to en- encourage some better habits on the road. Yeah. I would tend to think so. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening into this episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. It's been great to uh, share some of the tech news and, and opinions with you for the week. Uh, we also have an episode this week delving into the story of Trade Window. So make sure you catch that episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast where we chat with AJ Smith, the Chief Executive and Founder of Trade Window, who you've heard on this episode, and Mitchell Pham, the Chief Digital Officer, uh, really delving into the learnings from Trade Window. And, and it's really great they've been willing to do that uh, this week. They've, they've, I guess, had some... Uh, harder news out in the public in recent times but they're facing it at head on and and sharing some of their learnings with us on that episode that we launched this week as well of course a big thank you to our show partners gorilla technology hp spark two degrees and one nz all right thanks everyone we'll catch you on the next one the new zealand tech podcast brought to you by gorilla technology proactive and strategic it